Happy Friday, everyone. On today's Locked on NHL, the goalie conversation is going to be a big part of our playoff talk with six of the eight series so far tied at one. Plus, we've got a look ahead to the full weekend slate of Stanley Cup playoff games and more. Your Locked on NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Friday edition of Locked on NHL. I am Rachel Donner from Locked on Flyers. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with Gil Martin of Locked on Islanders, and you can find him on Twitter at IceWarsNYIVSNYR. Gil, how are you doing today? I am good. How are you, Rachel? Good. The playoffs have been fun so far. I'm very excited to get into where we are with all of these first round series. Thanks for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Plus, you can watch us over on YouTube. Gil, we have some goaltending to talk about on today's episode. I think that has been one of the major themes of the playoffs so far. I want to talk about last night's game between the Colorado Avalanche and Nashville Predators. Uh, That series is two to nothing abs, but I think really the big story is the Nashville Predators goaltending. Yeah. Connor Ingram, 49 saves in that uh, two to one overtime loss. And wow. I mean, talk about someone coming seemingly from nowhere and stepping up going against uh, one of the best teams in the league, top seed in the Western Conference, and and keeping the underdog team in the game. It, it, it's a great story. You got to give your hats off to Connor Ingram. It only would have been a better story if he would have been able to pull off the upset. Oh, uh, unbelievable game from Connor Ingram. Of course, UC Suarez uh, was out at the end of the regular season for the Preds. Uh, David Riddich is who was the guy that you would have expected to step up, came in in game one. And of course, we know what happened in game one with the Avalanche just decimating the Predators. The final score of that game was seven to two. And so Ingram comes in in relief for that game. Um, but I think the abs have just been dominating this series overall from a shot perspective. And I think that even though Connor Ingram was having the game of his life, it just felt inevitable that the avalanche were going to win that second game, you know, despite all of that. Yeah, it would have been uh, difficult, you know, watching the flow of that game for Nashville to pull the upset off. But, you know, that's the beauty of uh, overtime playoff hockey. It only takes one silly bounce, one trip up the ice, one little thing that is unexpected, and the entire complexion of the series changes just like that. So uh, it made for entertaining hockey, and it was a great story, and – You know, he'll have to do a lot more of that coming up in games three and four if he wants to keep his team in the series. 
Exactly. And, you know, in that over time, it just also felt like it was perfect that Kale McCarr scored that overtime goal for the Avalanche. He had 21 shot attempts in that game. So you figure at some point one of those was going to go in and it certainly did in overtime. Uh, but what an exciting game. Honestly, I think, again, after that first game, uh, I don't think anybody really expected the Preds to get back in it. And despite everything, put everything out there on the ice for game two. Unfortunately, couldn't get it done. And they're down two games to nothing, but they're headed at home. So stranger things have happened. We'll see what happens in games three and four uh, in Nashville. The next series with goaltending issues was the Pittsburgh Penguins versus New York Rangers. Uh, that series is tied at one, one of the six series that we have tied at one. Of course, with that triple overtime, game one, unbelievable. The Pens are in a goaltending quandary as well. So Tristan Jerry's got a broken foot. Casey DeSmith comes in for game one, got hurt in the second overtime. Louis Domingue comes in, face 17 shots. They win game one in triple overtime. I think shocking a lot of Rangers fans, I would say. Well, I mean, you know, if you're a Ranger fan heading into this series, the one thing you sort of feel in you've got in your back pocket. We have the edge in goal. I mean, that's, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take Shesterkin over, you know, the third string goalie, Domingue. I, I don't even know if half the Ranger fans <laughs> pronounce his name. So, uh, you know, he's, he's, it's a great story because Domingue is a, is a journeyman goalie. What has he played for five teams in the last five years? Something like that. Yeah. In the minor leagues in the NHL and, comes in cold in double overtime and plays so well. So uh, great story. And he got the win <clears throat> in game one, but in game two couldn't carry that over. And now we have what should be a great series. And I'll say this, game one, some of the most entertaining hockey I've seen in a long time. Oh, yeah. I was absolutely planning on going to bed that night. It did not happen because I had to see how this game was yes. going to turn out. And it was incredible back and forth action. I think, you know, the Rangers did dominate for stretches as well, but the Pens had their chances. I would say it was sort of the exact opposite of that Preds Avs overtime where it just felt completely avalanche dominated the the pens ranger series in that overtime very different circumstances every trip up the ice you hold your breath you're like it could end now it could end now and it just kept going and uh just you know a great way to start the playoffs i mean you're just like okay this is playoff hockey this is different from regular season hockey and wow i love watching this so uh it, it, it was a great game. And then, you know, game two, the Rangers bouncing back. And then you have the the little bit of controversy with Jeff Carter colliding with Igor Shosturkin behind the goal. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, did he embellish it? Was it a dirty play? It depends who you ask. Uh, right. But, uh, you know, again, that just adds a little bad blood to what is already a, a series between two traditional rivals and division rivals so uh, i love this time of year just bring it bring it i i can't wait for game three of the series 
Yeah, I think for me personally, Pan's Rangers is a series I would like nobody to win. But at the same time, I think it's been a ton of fun. Just like you said, just watch these rivals go at it. Uh, even in that loss in game two, Sidney Crosby gets his 70th playoff goal. And so he's continuing to hit those milestones and you can never count out a team with Sidney Crosby on it. That's for sure. Exactly. You do that at your own peril. So uh you know, and, and, you know, just to add a little spice to it, you know that the trio of Malkin, Crosby, and Latang may not be together after this year. So mm-hmm. a little more pressure on the Penguins to get one more long playoff run before that group gets broken up, uh, or at least one or two of them may not be back. So, yeah, it, it, there's just so many elements to it. I, I, I love it. I lo- The first round of the playoffs is just wall-to-wall hockey. And, I, you know, you could just sit in front of the TV for hours at a time and, and just enjoy playoff hockey. So I love it. In our third series with some goaltending issues, Canes versus Bruins, that series has Carolina up two to nothing on Boston. And it's been a a pretty dominant performance overall by the Carolina Hurricanes, but they're having their goaltending issues as well with Pyotr Kochikov having to come in for Auntie Ranta. And, you know, he stopped 35 shots in that 5-2 to two victory for Game 2 for Carolina. And, you know, he is a huge story for that team. He's only played uh, three regular season games, got called up. They had to, like, secretly get him over from Russia to begin <laughs> with in a very complicated manner. And he is just uh, a really dynamic personality as well. So he makes games a lot of fun for the Carolina Hurricanes. But, you know, with Freddie Anderson down and Ranta a little shaky, Kachikov is taking a lot on his shoulders right now. He is. And, and you know, Carolina, obviously the favorite in, in the series, and there's pressure there, and, and they're at home. And, you know, he came up big. So credit to him and credit to the to the Hurricanes for dealing with the goalie issues and, and still going strong. That's the thing about that team is that they have so many different offensive weapons to draw from. Uh, They've had a ton of different goal scorers in this series so far, so that even with, you know, a question mark in goal, although Kachikov is playing well, just in terms of who might be in net, they have the offensive ability to counter whatever might be happening in net. and, And that's why. Carolina is up in this series and you know on the other side of things with the Bruins uh, they went with Linus Olmark in this series who has not played that great so it seems like they're going to put Swayman in for game three yeah I would think they would they and game three in Boston a must win for the Bruins no question about that yeah and you know Hampus Lindholm was injured during game two when there was a big collision with Svechnikov. So, you know, they are in dire straits, I would say, in this series. No question about that. It, and and look, like I said, must win down to nothing, uh, playing against a team that's hitting on all cylinders offensively. It's a big challenge for the Boston Bruins. 
All right, we're going to continue discussing the Stanley Cup playoffs so far with some series where some favorited teams took a little while to get settled in. But first, we're going to hear about our friends at Built Bar. Yeah, summer is coming. And with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Well, Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. Throw them in your bags and your kids' backpacks. Make sure that everyone has a bar so you are fueled for your summer adventures. The best part about Built Bars, they're healthy and delicious. So there's no more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both, and it's easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order now. Built Bars and Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. Have you tried the Built Bar Puffs? Well, we're going crazy for puffs. They come in crazy flavors like banana cream pie and even churro. Who doesn't want a protein bar that tastes like a churro? And with only 140 calories, I mean, how can you beat that? Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, but pack 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Thanks for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. It's nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So, Gil, I think the theme for these next series we're going to talk about is teams where there was an expectation of dominance in this series that the other team said, uh-uh-uh, wait a <laughs> second. You know, we, we still got some gas in the tank, too. I want to start off with the Florida Panthers versus Washington Capitals. That series is tied at one. And in game one, I think that the Panthers took a little too long to get their sea legs <laughs> in these playoffs. And of course, a very experienced Washington Capitals team is going to take advantage of those situations. And they won game one, four to two. Yeah. And I, I think part of it is that the Panthers are one of those teams without as much, not as much playoff experience as the Capitals, which you alluded to. Right. And then I think their style of play during the regular season is much more offensive minded. So maybe there's a little bit more of an adjustment that the Panthers have to make to play off hockey than the Capitals who play more of a defensive style than Florida. And like we've said, have been there and done that, but credit to the Panthers for bouncing back in game two. And now we've got a series on our hands. Yeah, and bounce back they did, of course, winning 5-1 to one in Game 2. And I think the Caps did play well early in that game. And, and like you said, their defensive game, I think, is pretty strong. And they have a good strategy against the Panthers. And, you know, they only had, I think, you know, maybe slightly less than 10 shots on goal, the Panthers did, early in that game. But kind of once the scoring started, it really got going. And man, that Huberto to Barkov goal in game yeah. two was absolutely incredible. And that's, you know, the bread and butter of the Florida Panthers. And I think that uh, it's going to be tough for them going on the road for 
the next couple of games in the series, given that trap style play that the Capitals have been putting up there against the Panthers. But uh, they also uh, are without Tom Wilson as of now. And that is a huge loss for the Caps. Well, he brings such physicality and, you know, play uh, fans of opposing teams. I mean, Wilson's one of those guys, if he's on your team, you love him. If he's not, he's public enemy mm-hmm. number one. And the thing a lot of people overlook because of the physical style he plays, this guy can put the puck in the net also. He, he is built for the playoffs and not having him and his ability to get under the skin of the best players on the other team and come up with clutch goals, that is definitely a big loss for the Capitals. Yeah, so we'll see uh, how that series goes moving forward when it heads to Washington. But the next series I want to talk about is the Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Tampa Bay Lightning, also tied at one. I think expectations for this one were much tighter uh, than the Panthers cap series for sure. But I don't think anybody was expecting the defending Stanley Cup champions to get blanked five to nothing in game one. Yeah, nobody expected uh, a team coming off back-to-back Stanley Cup wins to look flat in the first game of the playoffs. But, you know, maybe getting beaten that badly was the wake-up call that the Tampa Bay Lightning needed. Yeah, and that's kind of been their MO where, you know, toward the end of the regular season, sometimes they have faltered a little bit, but then they can go into this higher gear for the playoffs. And they certainly did that in game two. I mean, the Leafs, again, similar to game two for Panthers caps, where the Leafs played really well early in the game, but then something clicked for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And the uh, usually strong Toronto Maple Leafs power play, you know, that they call a power kill and dominated in game one, let them down in in game two and, you know, gave up a, a couple of power play goals. And so I think that teams like the Lightning with experience winning the cup are going to find ways to win even against a team as strong as Toronto. Yeah, and can you think of another team in the NHL with more pressure on it than the Toronto Maple Leafs right now? I mean, there is none. I mean, maybe the Avalanche because of the President's Trophies they've won, but but boy, the 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 spotlight that you get playing in Toronto, the fact that they haven't won a playoff series in so long, haven't won a cup in 55 years and counting. Uh Toronto is just built to win now, and and there is a lot of pressure on that team. Tough to go and play the defending Stanley Cup champions, two-time defending Stanley Cup champions in the first round, but this is going to be a great series all the way. Across. Oh, it, it's great hockey. And it even is. if you look at the scores, you may think it's lopsided. It's still tremendous hockey. So I will be uh, watching Leafs lightning for the duration. I certainly hope it goes to game seven because it's going to be tremendous if it does. The next series I want to talk about is Edmonton versus the LA Kings also tied at one somewhat unexpectedly, I would say where this is yet another circumstance of the team that's expected to dominate a series. I think in the, in the Oilers case, uh, going down in that first game four to three, but then coming back strong in game two, winning six to nothing. 
Yeah, I mean, they really turned it on in game two. But, you know, the Kings are one of those teams right now. Nobody even expected them to be there this year. And I think they're, they went into this series as big underdogs feeling like, hey, we're playing with house money. We've got nothing to lose. They played very well in game one. They accomplished what every road team in a playoff series wants to do. They won one game on the other team's home ice. So now they go back to L.A. They have, a, a, you know, a chance to hold serve. Uh, this series is is better than most people expected. And, and let's see if L.A. can keep it up. That's what I'm curious about in terms of going back to L.A. for the next couple of games. And, you know, the Oilers are a team where I think a lot of people doubt them because they have faltered so many times over the last, you know, five, six years, uh, whether it's in the regular season to not even make the playoffs or in the playoffs where they're expected to win and then just go down. Uh, and especially, you know, with Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, there is such a high expectation on that team for success. And so I think it, it, there's just these nerves that get under the skin of Oilers fans. And I don't blame them because <laughs> it's such a tough position to be in, again, with those expectations so high. And, you know, you're right. The Kings are playing with house money and to go back to L.A., tied at one is you know as good a position as they could have been in so yeah i'm excited about this series as well to see what uh, la can pull off the next couple of series are also tied at one i would say they're the sort of least engaging series all playoff hockey is great yes. don't get me wrong first have to put that on the table <laughs> but i think you know compared to some of the other series maybe they're slightly less exciting but you know wild and blues are tied at one i don't think anybody expected the blues to just completely blow out the wild in game one at all uh, i think this was one of the series that was expected to be the most competitive, Yeah, I would say, and, and hardest to predict the outcome. And so to have a shutout in game one, I think, took a lot of people by surprise. But again, the Wild come back and, and win 6-2 in game two. Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting because both of the games, the scores were fairly one-sided. And coming in, you're thinking – this is the most evenly matched series out of all the eight uh, that we're presented with. So uh, you never know. But here we are, even at 1-1, this one's going seven. I, I, we, I, I think we all sort of figured that before the series started. Mm -hmm. I just have a feeling this one's going seven. Well, we'll see if your prediction is correct, Gil. Uh, the last series, of course, Calgary Flames versus Dallas Stars. And this is one of those series that just the matchups seem completely disjointed to me. <laughs> and so the hockey is a little weird in this one. But uh, and low scoring, whereas yeah. I think I might have expected some higher scoring from the Calgary Flames in this series, but only managing one goal in game one, of course, getting shut out by the stars in game two. So I think that's going to be the key to this series is the flames getting their scoring together. Yeah. I mean, the, one of the concerns you have with the flames is, are they too dependent on their top line? And if you can somehow shut down that line, do they have the secondary scoring so far? The answer has been not really. 
this is going to be an entertaining series as well. And, uh, you know, low scoring doesn't bother me. I can be very entertained by a one nothing hockey game if, if the style of play is exciting. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing who wins the pivotal game three. Well, we're going to talk about all of those games three coming up next. But first, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. You can find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, the Stanley Cup playoffs, Major League Baseball, and this weekend's Run to the Roses as the Kentucky Derby is back. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports and more head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action bet online where the game starts it just keeps going this weekend gil on tonight's slate we've got game three of canes bruins which should be interesting based on all that goaltending conversation that we talked about earlier in the show we've got game three of leafs lightning wild blues and oilers kings yeah and wall-to-wall hockey i i love the first round because there are so many different series so you have you know tonight a 7 to 7 30 eastern time a 9 30 eastern time and a 10 o'clock eastern time you you can give your your uh, remote finger a big workout watching all this hockey this weekend uh to me you know all of these series uh been very close with the exception of carolina boston and you know the bruins have their backs up against the wall if they don't come through tonight that series is as good as done oh i think so for sure uh you you know you mentioned the staggered scheduling it has been so good to have that the nhl needs to do that during the regular season a little bit more Would be so good. we can toggle between games uh during the regular season it makes for a really fun night of hockey watching. So take a lesson, NHL. Of course, tomorrow we've got the other slate of games where we have Panthers versus Caps, Rangers versus Pens, Flames versus Stars, and Avs versus Predators. And, you know, again, all of these game threes are switching locations. So there's going to be a different atmosphere. And I think, of course, Rangers Pens is the one I'm looking forward to the most to see, you know, what do the Pens have in the tank and, you know, what are the Rangers going to look like on the road? Yeah, that that is interesting. Goaltending, obviously, a, an issue for the Pens. And, and maybe I'm a little surprised that Igor Shosturkin has not been as effective at shutting down the Penguins over the course of the first two games at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, I think that, you know, it's an interesting question for Shesterkin is, is his usage during the regular season, which was very high, is that going to come back to bite the Rangers in terms of him being tired? Yeah, and and they can't afford to not have him at his best. You know, if look, the Rangers, if they're going to make that playoff run, they need great goaltending from Igor Shosturkin. That's what got them here. So if he's uh, a little fatigued, uh, Pittsburgh is more than able to take advantage of that. 
Absolutely. And then on Sunday, we're already at game four of this series with, you know, this the series from Friday picking back up in their second game of the weekend. So again, we've got Canes Bruins, Wild Blues, uh, Leafs Lightning and Oilers Kings. Yeah, and and the, the beautiful thing is, first game starts at twelve thirty Eastern time, and you can just you can actually watch four games back to back to back to back. Uh, this schedule is set up perfectly. Yeah, at least I know on Saturday where I am, the weather's going to be crappy, so I'm going to be sitting in front of the TV watching hockey all day, and won't think anything of it. Uh, hopefully, can do the same on Sunday because. Oof, it's going to be a great weekend of NHL Stanley Cup playoff games, and I am excited to see where we are next week at this time. Yeah, no, I, I love this time of year. I love having four games a night, and or or in the case of the weekends, an afternoon and a night. And uh, this is this is a great time to be a hockey fan. It is. And of course, Locked on NHL will be there throughout covering it five days a week. The show will be back Monday with Gil talking to some local hosts. And I assume they're going to be playoff victory related. Yeah, unless something really outrageous happens elsewhere in the league, it's going to be all playoff focused. Yes. Excellent. Yeah, I, in Flyers land, of course, am focused on the draft lottery happening Tuesday, and we've got a lot of great programming planned on the network for that. So stay tuned to Locked on NHL for the draft lottery coverage next week, as well as the continued playoff coverage. Thank you so much for listening and uh, have a great weekend, everybody.